This is an All Ears English podcast, episode 532, How to Be Worth Your Salt by Finding the Right Job. Welcome to the All Ears English podcast, downloaded more than 16 million times. We believe in connection, not perfection, with your American hosts, Lindsay McMahon, the English adventurer, and Michelle Kaplan, the New York radio girl, coming to you from Boston and New York City, USA. And to instantly download your transcript from today's episode, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash transcripts, allearsenglish.com forward slash T-R-A-N-S-C-R-I-P-T-S. Today, learn an idiom that we use to say that someone offers value and get the formula for choosing a career that will make you happy. What's going on, Michelle? This is the second time around that we're recording this this episode, but that's okay. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. How are you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good just coming off of a nice restful weekend. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's rainy today, but yesterday was a beautiful day. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loving the weather. Yeah, the, the springtime. Have you been to Central Park lately? No, I haven't been in a while. I need to go. Yeah. Do you have any parks near your house that you like to go to? Yeah, I do. Actually, I was just walking in the park yesterday and it was so nice to be outside and just for it to be light later at night. Oh, so bad. So, uh, so good. Yeah, that is awesome. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So guys, mm-hmm. today we're talking about an idiom and we really want you to get to know idioms because it's important, an important way to learn a lot about a culture, right? How things are measured and what people care about. And what's the phrase we're talking about today, Michelle? The phrase is to be worth your salt. Yeah. And what does it mean? Uh, it means like, uh, to be worth your, to be worth one's pay, right? But mm-hmm. it can also just mean to like have value in a general sense. Yeah, exactly. It's not always directly about a career. It can be, but it can also be about like the value that you bring to the table in a number of ways, like a number of areas of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're not exactly sure where this comes from. You guys can look it up online. There's always a history to every phrase and I'm not right. a historian. So mm-hmm. we talk about language. If you're really interested in history, look it up and do the research to find out where it come from comes from. But let's throw out some examples, Michelle, so that our listeners can see how this is used. Because I feel like I've used this recently in the last couple of weeks, you know, just in conversations. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the first example? Okay. So the first example is, any IELTS teacher worth their salt can tell you the difference between a vocabulary word that will get you a score of a six versus a score of a seven on the speaking test. (laughs) Right. And I think this is something that we've talked about on the IELTS Energy podcast, right? So teaching IELTS versus teaching general English is very different. So we warn our students not to hire a general English teacher to teach IELTS. It's so, so different. They have to have a really good sense of the scoring system. So we can use this to say any teacher, any IELTS teacher worth their salt can show you the differences between a score of a six and a score of a seven. That's a really good example of the use of that phrase. Okay. And here's another one. Any New York t- tour guide worth their salt should know Brooklyn like the back of their hand. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I was a tour guide in New York once, and I definitely didn't know Brooklyn like the back of my hand. <laughs> I was horrible. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We got lost. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, on the 2-3 train. Oh, I yeah. think you talked about this once. Yeah, well, that would be stressful. 
Yeah, it was really stressful. I was with a bunch of high school students from France, and we totally missed the stop for the the Natural History Museum, and we were headed towards Harlem, and <laughs> it was a big oh, mess. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh, yeah, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I like that phrase, like the back of their hand. Like the, like back, the back of, of their of hand. hand. What does that mean? I mean, that's kind of interesting. It's like you know it so well. It's almost like because... <laughs> the mm-hmm. idea is that you can recognize the back of your hand anywhere, right? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of the idea. It's sort of strange. But this one might be more common than worth your salt, actually. Yeah, I use this one a lot, I think. You use this one a lot? What do you yeah. use that for? Like, to talk about what? Like, what do you know, like, the back of your hand? Um, I know. Um. Oh, gosh. Good question. What do I know? Like the back, I I know I know the words to um some Spice Girl songs, oh, like yeah. the back of my hand, yeah, or the opening song for Friends. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, yep. I know most of the episodes of Friends, like the back of my hand. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So to know something very well, I know my neighborhood at this point, like the back of my hand, because I've lived here for five years. Um, mm-hmm. so to know something well, okay. So anyways, the point of that was any tour guide worth their salt should know Brooklyn well. Okay. Exactly. Um, and Michelle, what, maybe you could finish this sentence. So, cause you have experience in radio, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so any radio host worth their salt, what would you say after that? Like what makes a good radio host? Um, any radio host worth their salt is able to know their audience. Excellent. Like the back of their hand. Oh, very nice. Very nice. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Any radio host worth their salt knows their audience like the back of their hand. That's what I would say. I love that. I think, um, I think you're right. It's really important to know who you're talking to and what they want, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Good. How to engage them and how to en- all different things. You got it, Michelle. You got it. And so, all right, guys. So that's the phrase, uh, worth your salt. That's the phrase we want you to learn and start using today. Okay. Or start listening for it. But there are a couple of other phrases that mean similar things that are used to talk about value. And we want to share those today. So what are they, Michelle? Imagine how it would feel to walk into work every day with confidence to know that you have the vocabulary you need to make conversation with anyone at work. To get those charismatic English skills, go to allearsenglish.com forward slash charisma. That's allearsenglish.com forward slash C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A and get started with our free charisma masterclass. See you there. Okay, so the first one is to pull one's weight. Yeah, I mean, how is this different from worth your salt? It's similar. This is, I think about this one more about like, okay, if you're doing a group project or yeah. something like that, mm-hmm. it's like to pull, pu- to pull your weight and, you know, like to do your part. Yeah, exactly. Right. If you're weighing down the group, you need to pull that weight up and like be worth what you say you're worth. Right. 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 Yeah. Or there's another one to be worth your weight in gold. Right. That just means that something is extremely valuable. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Absolutely. And then the last one is to know your stuff. Yeah. I like that one. Yeah, I love that. I love that. So that's just like to know to know a lot about something. To know a lot about something. And again, coming back to to be worth your salt, it's not always about knowledge or skills. It could be about a bunch of other things. But in the in that case, if the currency is knowledge, then to know your stuff means something similar. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. So Michelle, I mean, how can we make sure 
that we're worth our salt. We want to be worth our salt in our career, but it's not easy to find the right career path, the right career, the right job, right? Often we take very uh, winding paths to get to our dream job. How do we do it? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a difficult thing to, to really find your true passion and what you're going to be happy doing. I mean, you were telling me, Lindsay, you have some, um, an author or a speaker that you really enjoy. Can you tell me more about that? Well, yeah, last night I actually went to see Chris Gillibo talk, who's one of the uh, writers that I really look up to. He wrote a book called The Art of Nonconformity. He wrote The $100 Startup. So he's really influenced my thinking quite a bit, but he was in Boston last night because he came out with his new book called called Born for This, Finding the Work You Were Meant to Do. Hmm. And he gave us his theory. And his theory is that we find our our perfect job at the convergence of three things. Want to know what they are? I'm dying to know. <laughs> okay. Well, they are three things. Number one, flow. And flow is a state of kind of almost like enlightenment, but not in the spiritual sense. Flow, okay. me- flow means when things are, you know, Hard, but not too hard. Mm-hmm. Um, we're good enough at, at it so that we can enjoy it, but it's just challenging enough so it keeps us pushing. It's like the time moves and we don't know it's moving. That's flow. That's a flow mm, state. Okay. I see. Okay. So flow is the first thing. Number two is joy. Okay. And number three is, I wonder if our listeners could guess. Again, guys, we're talking about a career here, not a hobby. So the third piece is money. Obviously. Mm, yep. <laughs> you need to, we're not in a fantasy world here. You need to pay the bills. Okay. So right. you find your dream job at the convergence point, according to Chris, of flow, joy, and money. I really like that. What do you think? Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting way to put it. And I mean, people can really learn a lot from that and do a lot of self-reflecting. So, I mean, what practical tips, you know, other than, you know, this, because this is, you know, like, you know, a a nice idea. But so like, what, like, what can we do with it? Yeah, good question. Well, we have to buy the book. <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah, cuz yeah. I really I really like the those ideas and those are like really really interesting and I just I want to learn more. So, I know. sounds like very interesting. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. So, Chris has all kinds of activities. I I don't have the book yet, but I'm planning to buy it and I would recommend that you guys check it out too on Amazon. You know, he's put together a bunch of activities to find out like what your um what your core values are in terms of work, what emotions you value most when you're working. Like what do you want to feel autonomy? Do you want to feel like security? Do you want to feel cooperation? Like what matters to you? So all kinds of activities. Mm. So I would really recommend guys, the way to make sure that we're worth our salt in our work or in our lives is to make sure we're doing the right thing. And right. Yeah. That's really, I, that's really interesting. And yeah, I hope everybody can find what makes them happy <laughs> and make money. Yeah. And it's not easy. We understand there are serious, there are real realities out there. Um, and we can't just pick up and run off and, you know, start something or do something that we've always dreamt of. I think the, it's kind of a trite phrase, right? Follow your passion in some ways because it's not a reality for everyone, but we can, tar- we can at least look into ourselves and see what we like about our current jobs and what we don't, right? Right. And I think, does that, is that where the flow comes in, Lindsay? Like the reality, is that kind of part of flow or no? Uh, what do you mean? I, I'm a little bit confused by the question. Can, can the you? The reality elaborate? of like 
following your passion. You know, like I feel mm. like a flow also means like how realistic something is. Mm. Or is that true? Or or am I missing the point? Oh well, actually, there's there's a book called Flow that <laughs> you can actually read about that too. Um, it's a concept um by this guy. I think he's an Eastern European author. Uh, I'm trying to. I, I no one can pronounce his name actually. Um, but he oh. I think he's a scientist. And uh-huh. it's, it's just kind of a state of heightened awareness. Oh, okay. okay. I understand. I'm actually looking up Wikipedia. Ah. I can actually quote Wikipedia real quick. Okay. In positive psychology, flow is also known as the zone, is the mental state of operation in which a person performing an activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement, and enjoyment. So that's ah. flow, right. So they talk about being in the zone in sports. It's the same thing. I get it. Okay, I get it. <laughs> yeah, pretty cool, right? Thanks for thanks for explaining that. Yeah, I really love talking about this st- stuff. So, guys, come on over to our blog, leave a comment on today's episode, and grab that book. And most importantly, start using this phrase to be worth your salt. Okay. Absolutely. All right. This has been good, guys. Go on over and grab the transcripts for today at allersenglish.com forward slash transcripts, and we'll see you next time. All right. See you, Lindsay. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to All Ears English. And if you need a seven or higher on your IELTS exam to achieve your life vision, then our insider method can get you there. Start with our free video series masterclass. Get video one now at allearsenglish.com forward slash I-N-S-I-D-E-R. And if you believe in connection, not perfection, then subscribe to our show on your phone or on your computer. See you next time.